Welcome to episode 59 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, joined as always by my buddy, Matt Deitch. Matt, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Yourself? I am doing excellent. We didn't get the snow that the people up north got, so I think no. that's something we can be thankful for. <laughs> that's for sure. The forecast wasn't looking very favorable for us, but... No, I... Honestly, like I thought it was supposed to be just a little light dusting, and I thought it was supposed to be throughout the day on Sunday. Right. And, uh, it was pretty yeah. much done by... 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 I, o'clock here. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit of wind, but... Uh, and it didn't get as windy as it... It didn't seem like it got as windy as what they were expecting it to Right, be. right. I mean, Sunday afternoon ended up really being a pretty nice afternoon. Right. Uh, you know, the sun came out, the wind died down, stuff was melting on the driveway, but <laughs> I did see some people up in, uh, you know, northeast South Dakota, 10 to 12 inches. Yeah, it looks like they got hammered again. Yeah, there's I, a lot of snow when we went up there, and now to add ten another foot onto it. That's wow. re- that's really what I was thinking. You know, I mean, obviously we had some nice weather in there, and so a lot of that's going to melt and refreeze on top of the ice and whatnot. But yeah, them I, they don't need any more snow no, up there. They, they don't. Especially you know when we start looking, starting to look towards the spring. Yeah, I mean, like last year where they had all that melt in a hurry and it had nowhere to go, and uh, they had all that flooding up there, and they don't need that again this spring. No, people were losing their houses, and You're right. <laughs> you you start talking. I mean, it, it's one thing to you know lose a little bit of pasture ground, you know, and I'm no farmer. If I'm a farmer, obviously that's my livelihood. I get it, but yeah, when people start losing their houses, that's that's bad news bears right yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. We have gotten some decent weather though yeah we've been getting some good weather this past week um you know right around that 30 degree mark every once in a while it might jump up over that so yeah we had the one day what was that last week i don't know we had one day where we popped up into the 40s yep yep so then you start getting a little of that spring fever and everybody thinks you know my favorite part about that is when we get like our first 40 or 50 degree day how long's the ice gonna last and people are like you're still going out there on that how was it on the ice? It's like, it's like well, it's going to take a while for it to melt. Yeah. Not just one 50-degree day. I'll tell you what. We've got some listeners down there, like around Lincoln, Nebraska and whatnot. And I went and looked at the forecast for Lincoln, Nebraska. That's no joke. Those, those guys may not be actually fishing for very much longer. Right. Well, they didn't have much ice the way it... I don't think they get much ice down there the way it is. And Right. I, I was actually talking. I'm in this... I, I'm, I'm really in this really cool online uh tournament and and i've got to remember to actually measure my fish because i've caught in a bunch of fish that i haven't ever measured but uh what it is is uh it it goes for the whole entire ice season and it's put on by a guy down there named jordan Rhodes who lives somewhere around lincoln but um what it is 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 you pay five dollars to get in and then every single fish that you catch of a certain species you take a picture of it on a bump board and then for each, if you have the biggest, say you crack a 20-inch largemouth and no one else has a big largemouth, you get awarded one point. Kind of like the 39 hours deal. Say, yeah. And and he said that's actually where he got his inspiration from it. But uh, it, it's a really cool deal. But golly, I got to think I've kind of got the advantage being, you know, right. as, as far north as what I am. Because I think I'm probably the farthest north person in it. There, there's not a ton of people in it, but it seems like a pretty good crew of dudes or whatever and uh i think i've got three or four points i i did have the point for the walleye that i had gotten up there yep. in northeast south dakota but i saw that got beat yesterday oh so, darn yep you're starting to see a lot more of those like 
online, like kind of like little fun little competitions like that. I mean, you did it with the King of the Rock here. Yep. That year, that's uh, wasn't last summer, the summer before, right? Yep. And then you know, like uh, Wade Hiller has Walleye Warrior. That's kind of a cool thing too, where it's similar to that, where they go like per month, the biggest fish per month. And right. You know, I I think. I, th- I truly think, I know that there's some bad eggs, but I think fishermen as a whole are really pretty honest people. Oh, for sure. And I, so that's why I think you can do this type of stuff. I, yeah. And, and especially, you know, like when this, like I said, there's not very many people in it. You pay your five bucks. I don't know what the winner's going to get. Maybe a, you know, 60 bucks, something like that. Maybe it's more than that. I don't think anyone's willing to do something stupid for 60 bucks. You put an extra zero behind that, and people start doing stupid things. Uh, then the then the non honest people come out. Right. That's you know you see that in tournaments. I mean, it happened at the Yellow Bass Bonanza a few years ago where people were caught cheating, and yep. uh, you see it in tournaments a lot. You know, yeah. It. I don't know. Those people always seem to put a black eye on the fishing you know community as a whole. But in all of reality, I'd have to say like the majority of us are honest good people when it comes to stuff like that well you remember what kevin paul said loose lips sink ships right i mean well and that's the thing nowadays you can try to keep like something like that to yourself but eventually eventually one of the one of those people that does that they're going to be downtown some night and they're going to have a few drinks into them and they're going to say something to somebody and you know and pretty soon it's just going to blow up in your face and in the long run it's not worth it when people are going to tell people i mean right. you know Especially everybody else like paid their entrance fee <laughs> you know it's like hey piss on you man that's yeah. why we can't have nice things <laughs> exactly right no nope. but no that's cool that you know it, it just makes it a little more interesting when you're out fishing sometimes like you said sometimes you forget about it and you forget to measure something or and it's like oh i th- when you're done, you're like, oh, darn it, I'm supposed to do that. but Right. I, You know that northern pike that I caught early in the year up on Spirit Lake? Right. I originally got the point for that northern pike because no one else had entered northern pike. I don't know how long that thing would have gone, maybe 28, 30 inches. I, I have no clue, really. I, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to guess, even though I already did. But whatever. <laughs> uh then somebody else came along and actually measured a northern pike, so I lost that. Even if it was smaller than my northern, oh. you, you, you know, it it uh, just because they actually did measure it. But uh, yeah, I didn't measure that one. I gotta think, you know, I could have possibly been in the runnings. All those, uh, I think, right now the the winning rainbow trout is like ten and a half inches. Well, you right. know, when I was out in the Black Hills, I caught some that were bigger than that, and uh, yeah, so. It, you just got to remember to do it. I don't ever remember to do it. I, you know, you unhook them from the hook and you send them back down the hole and that's that. You get kind of caught up in the moment and everything like that. That's why I always think it's kind of cool. These guys that do a lot of self-filming and everything, they just, you know, and do a quality job of it. There's a lot of time and work that goes into that. And to be thinking about that before you even catch the fish and have it all lined up. So, right. Now, you know, this whole 39 hours deal, like, do you think that you could do some sort of online deal that actually basically ran for, say, 39 hours sometime this summer? You know, have it be like at 6 o'clock on a Friday afternoon and go till sometime on Sunday. And, and you know, you're allowed to go overnight. You know, it, it would really be pretty interesting to see 
It would be. And, and you know, like, in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, you'd haul your boat over to Okaboji, and then you'd go and do this and go and do that. Honestly, somebody who doesn't have a boat and just wanted to go and shore fish, say, even right down here in the Rock River and Rock Rapids, the species that you could pull out, you know, I mean, there's a good chance you might get the point for the carp. Right. There's oh, yeah. a good chance you could get the point for the smallmouth bass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that's the crazy thing about it, you know, and especially like if you had some place that you could quit go and try to get some bluegill, try to get, you know, whatever, spend some time down here at the river. I, I don't know. I, I think even, even, and, and you see that on 39 hours, the actual, uh, the actual show on YouTube here, they're doing a lot of fishing outside of their boat. Right. And, and I don't know, I, I think it'd be really cool to do it. Maybe know. we just got to get something put together and just make it a small group of guys or something to get going. Then, yeah, I think I think uh, the thing that you'd have to do is is uh, you know find out who all wants to do it and come up with some sort of logo on your phone. And at six o'clock on Friday afternoon, you would send that logo out to everybody, yep. and then you have to take a picture. You know, somebody else, you know, in a two-man crew has to take a picture on a bump board with that phone and that logo in that picture so that you know that it was taken during that time. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That's definitely something to brainstorm and think about for the open water season. I I don't know. You know how I am, like you said, with that King of the Rock deal that I did here a couple years ago. I, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun to have a good, friendly tournament that, you know, I don't know. Gives people a reason to get out. Right. And anybody can, like you said, could win it or do well in it. It doesn't matter if you have a boat or if you don't have a boat. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of shore access around here to a lot of the lakes and great fishing in the rivers around here as well. Right. Now, from smaller money in these, uh, in these tournaments to big money. So the other day I was, uh, I was listening to the Meat Eater podcast. I don't know if any of our listeners here listen to the Meat Eater podcast, but they have this deal called the Fact Checker. And uh, they take wise tales in the outdoor industry, and uh, they kind of, you know, the, the Spencer Newharth, he, uh, who's actually from Menno, South Dakota originally. Oh, cool. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so he, he does his research online and finds out if, uh, if, you know, some of these old wise tales are true. Like, for instance, one of them is after you gut a deer, do you think your farts smell like deer guts? <laughs> That's a good question. You want to know what's crazy? Me and Eric, my brother, have had this conversation before. Right. Like, I swear, like, it's true. <laughs> they did they did the research, and they say it's not true, but I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that after you gut a deer, your farts smell like. And, and the, the goofy thing is they, they disproved it. Spencer did, but he says, he says that, uh, the air out of a fart, (laughs) I can't even believe that we're talking about this, (laughs) is swallowed air. Well, that would make perfect sense. If you're sitting there over, over a deer gutting it, I mean, yeah. Hold your breath. Yeah. So, so anyways, what I was actually trying to get at is, uh, you know, the, the old wise tale that if somebody shoots a monster deer, that Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's or you know, any of these big box stores will come in and take the, or, or, and buy these bucks to, to showcase in their stores. To say they have the original one. Yep. Yep. And I mean, there's a big market in like deer antlers and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, so whatever. 
they were telling this story about how this guy over in Illinois or Kentucky or whatever, he shot a state record and I think it was Bass Pro came in and basically offered him like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars and would give him three or four or five replica deers for him to hang up and he turned it down. And so I was I was kind of thinking like has anything ever like that happened in the fishing industry? Like, you know, last year they thought the North Dakota state record walleye had been caught. They found out that that wasn't whatever. But if it would have been, you know, deemed the state record and that it was caught fairly, does a company come in and buy the state record fish or, or is that not a thing? I'd have to say that it is. I it think is. that they would. I think that they would come in and just to, if the person obviously kept it and, were, and they were going to mount it, I think that they'd come in and offer them some type of money just so that they could have that display. The in original their store. one. You know, like I think up in, up in Sioux Falls Shields, uh, they have the world record bass that right, I think have, was caught. Uh, who knows where the heck it was caught. But, out in California. You know, but that's a replica. But right. do they ever come and buy the real thing? If anyone actually knows, and if anyone's actually listening to this, I don't know, send us a message right underneath of our Facebook post, whatever. If, if you've ever even heard of something like this happening where, where somebody catches a state record, you know, the state record perch was just caught over in, uh, you know, in Iowa, Iowa. here, not yeah. that long ago. Last year. Last I'd really year. like to do the... Well, the state the state record smallmouth bass was caught, caught in South Dakota a couple springs ago too and i don't i don't know it'd be interesting to ask those guys if stores or places did come in and offer them right especially somewhere like like think about minnesota like with a walleye you know if somebody catches a state record walleye if yeah if a company would come in and offer them money for that just so they can say we have the original one this is the one that was caught and right and and i mean obviously it's going to matter what species it is you know if i catch the state record uh, I don't know, probably bluegill, say, here in Iowa. But then I, I also catch the state record walleye. I got a feeling that my phone might ring over the state record walleye. I don't know if it will over the state record bluegill. Well, I just watched something, you know, interesting. Bass Brawl Outdoors has, they're the ones that caught the seven-pound, one-ounce state record smallmouth bass in South Dakota. Okay. And it's a really cool video. They cron- They had everything, like, their conversation driving to the lake that morning and about talking about this. They call it the quest for seven one. Oh really? And, uh, yeah, they catch it on film and everything and then they keep this thing alive, but they actually, no, they, they wouldn't have get off it cause they actually released it. They brought it somewhere, kept it alive in water. They brought it to a store and got it officially weighed on an official scale. There was a biologist there that confirmed it and they brought it back out and released it back into the lake in which is cool in the video later on like the next year somebody else caught it it wasn't as big but really somebody just else caught, caught it at it. the right time of the year right. where it was so it, it it's really interesting like but they said like the amount of like phone calls they got after that and you know some of the doors that it's opened i i think it would be pretty interesting to know like what kind of opportunities like people calling i'm sure you know these big like for them bass i think there was a little article in the Bassmaster magazine yep, about him yep. catching the state record. I mean, for some people, it is a big deal. Some people might look at it and be like, man, eh, whatever. But, you know, yeah. Okay, so so here's the next thing. Is that legal? Is that legal to catch the state record right, fish and then, and then s- transport it to 
to a bait shop because yeah. you're technically not allowed to transport water. They correct? but they had somebody come down and meet them. Okay, like at the you... at the ramp. It, it's really cool video if you get a chance to see it because there is like all that stuff. They were able to call like Sportsman's Cove and Webster, and I think they had like a container that they put water in, and they came down and met them at the ramp, put the fish in there, brought it to the grocery store that was close. Like I said, the biologist met them there. They put it back in there, brought it back out there, and then, yeah, released it. Bass Brawl? Yeah, Bass Brawl Outdoors. Bass Brawl Outdoors, and it's a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they got, they're on social media, Casey Alert or Alert, I don't know how you say his last name, and um, I'm trying to think of the other guy who actually caught the Lyle, like Hyde or something like that, is the one that actually caught the fish. But, okay. I mean, they're always posting big like they're after some big bass like that day when they were see while he brought while lyle brought it to the store and all that to get it weighed chris stayed out there and kept fishing and he ended up catching like a six four really later on like a personal best for him and he was wondering it's it's a really cool video like he's running around like he's wondering like well what's going on is he ever gonna come back (laughs) or am i gonna be out here the rest of the day or you know that is that is one of the things though you know I, th- I think when somebody catches a state record of anything or, or shoots a state record deer, I think that in your mind, you think that you're only going to get good publicity. Right. But oh, there's that is not true. No, not anymore. There's, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like if you ever would shoot like a big deer, like the first thing you would do is like call, call the, the conservation. Yeah, yeah. Call the conservation officer and be like, Hey, come out here with me. You're going to walk up on this deer with me. Yeah, you're I'm gonna, not even like, going to go track this right. blood trail until like, you're here. It's like you're going to do this so that people don't sit there and say, oh, you know, because unfortunately that's the way it is anymore. Like somebody could just say, oh, he poached that. Right. And, you know, unfortunately people aren't going to believe that person's story, even though that they right. might not have any credibility right. whatsoever to their name. Yep. I, oh, I think his high fence. Oh, I think he caught it over bait or, or right. shot it over bait. Yeah. So and next thing you know, I mean, and it, and it goes that way with fish too. I mean, oh, right. uh, snagged it or something like that. I mean, yep. until it gets proven, you know, not only just jealous people online, but uh, you know, I mean, PETA and, and oh, everything yeah, else. yeah, the animal rights people. Yeah, I mean, you know, as most of you know, we're here in Iowa, but there's a kid who lives right outside of our town that shot a mountain lion here like two years ago during right. slug season they were doing a deer drive and i think he had a mountain lion kind of i think he kind of startled the mountain lion i don't know that it was you know about to attack him or anything but, but it was close <laughs> I, I mean it, it don't make any difference if right. i see a mountain lion i mean i you know right I, i'm gonna shoot the dang thing right. because i don't even want it in the same time zone as me <laughs> but uh whatever so so he did and i mean i think he got some calls and some messages on facebook and whatnot that you know, people were not happy with him, right. and I, yeah, I, I don't know. And then the thing is, is they're not protected in Iowa because they're not supposed to be in Iowa. So right, so right. it was legal. Whereas Minnesota, that one year, those one guys they shot one, and they try to claim that it was in Iowa, but it wasn't, and they got into trouble. Right. I think it was just across the road. I right. Think the I think it was like the land on both sides right. of the road, and it ran into a, a culvert or something like that. Yeah, and, they, and he shot it on the wrong side of the culvert. <laughs> But yeah, but you know, as far as that goes, you know, you mentioned that about like the transportation, is that legal and all that with that, but what about the selling of it? 
I want to know like where the where the logistics come into that for like the legalness of that because we can't catch fish and fillet them and then sell them right like that. So like, is there like a special permit that somebody has to get? To, like if a Cabela's comes in and says, "Hey, you know, you caught the state record Minnesota walleye," we'll just say we're we'll give you twenty thousand dollars so for that mount so we can say that we have the original fish in our store right right yeah you can't you, you, can't, you can't sell, sell deer meat right so i don't know so how, how that works that... out with selling antlers and they might have covered that on the mediator podcast i don't even remember but uh yeah no that that is I think there's a lot more hoops to jump through than what a person really realizes. And I, and I guarantee you, you know somebody that probably knows that answer. I'd probably say that McIntoon probably right would, right. would probably right. know that answer if we asked him. Well, we will find out here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> right. We're gonna, you know, I might even bring along my computer. We're going out to the Hooked on Hardwater event here. Uh, golly, is that two weeks from now? It, Two weeks from now, we'll be coming back from from there. Yeah. Unreal. Golly, that really snuck up on us. February 20th is when we leave. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll be going out to the Hooked on Hardwater event, which, I mean, goes without saying. I think we say it about every other episode. Can't, absolutely cannot wait for that to come around. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be driving out with Scott McIntoon, who is a uh, fisheries biologist up uh, for the state of Minnesota. And I don't know, I think I might bring along my computer and put a little microphone in the car and we might record the conversation the whole entire way out there because it could get good. But uh, no, yeah, you know, with thinking about that, that that's kind of the one thing throughout the year that I, I really look forward to. And that's at the end of February. After that, you got to start thinking about open water fishing. Right. It's getting to be that we're kind of right now in that kind of that lull area i don't know if you want to call it a lull or what i mean because the fish are still biting but you know people have been ice fishing for a while now so you're kind of getting into that like all right you know the ice is really thick and yep you're 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 starting to get excited for late ice and then open water yep and i think late ice i mean it's going to be here you know once you could get into March, I mean, that's right. some late ice times. Well, I mean, we're a month away from, I mean, maybe even less than a month away from, I mean, we've had, we've had open water by March, by the middle of March, end of March before, so. Right, and, and now, you know, we're really getting some sunny weather with some, uh, you know, the highs in the 30s, actually, I mean, right. that's where ice starts kind of going the other way, and, right. and, uh, and, and the nice thing for us all the time is that we never get to that point where we need an extension on our auger so right have you ever put an extension on your auger ever uh-uh. never never needed to uh-uh. never me neither needed to me neither you know it, it's crazy when you see some of them pictures on facebook of these guys with like two extensions yeah. on their augers you know they're way up north and holy moly like i don't Talking know about I, drilling through like 60 inches of ice it's just well that's when you got to have a gas auger like our our uh, yeah, you get one hole with the our cordless drill augers <laughs> five amp hour you wouldn't think so no it ain't gonna work i I wouldn't think so but bass uh bass masters officially kicked off the elite series this uh this past weekend um after a couple of days of delays because of the wind no go and they finally got going on this past saturday yep and uh you know none of the northerners really did very good no it we had yeah. Austin Felix, Bob Downey, who we had on last week, uh, Seth Fighter. Um, we have, you know, some Canadian guys in the Johnston brothers and, and Gussie. And I think Gussie might have done decent. 
I don't even yeah, I don't know. It's 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 really weird. It's with that front that came in and they always talk about with the Florida bass. People were catching, you know, 20 pounds. Like I think after day 1, two people had, you know, in the 20 pounds. I think Paul Mueller had another day today where he's like a 20 pound guy. Yep. He's leading it now after day 2 after Sunday the what are we at Sunday the eighth or whatever right this this it's, episode will come out on championship Monday. Monday yeah but yeah it's I don't know just you know some guys John Cox he had one bass for six pounds the first day and he was like in fortieth place out of eighty eight people so I mean well he still I think he ended up with two or three bass today three to, for like thirteen right and, so and I think he ended up like in thirty third place or something yeah. like that and. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those tournaments that is really wide open, and you just never know what's going to happen. Especially down there in Florida, you could stick a five or a you know five to ten pound bass on any cast. So. Right. We did get quite a few people to sign up yeah, for our 30. fantasy fishing. Thirty one. Thirty one. That's 31, awesome. Uh, after day or after day two of this tournament, obviously this is kicking off uh, on Monday morning, so we won't uh, really know championship Monday. But uh, Mason Propst, Probst, Probst, yep. you know him? I don't know him. I know who his dad is. His dad was a pretty legendary fisherman in uh, in South Dakota. Really? I think Bob. I think it's his dad. I'm I'm, I'm assuming so. it, it is, but huh. I think he's a pretty legendary walleye fisherman. And, well, he's in first. Yeah. Crazy crappy Chris Crawls in second. Crazy crappy Chris Curl. That's just that just proves to you guys. We keep telling everybody's like, I have no idea about this stuff. Anybody can do this. If Chris Crawl can be in second place after the second day, anybody. I right. mean, no offense to you, Chris, but what well, kind of yeah, offense <laughs> to you, Chris? But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down towards the back. I think uh, you know, even Colby Van Beek. I right. mean, I don't want to always name drop Colby Van Beek, but I mean, this dude knows bass fishing. He's in 18th place. Right. So I mean, yeah, like like we said, anybody can can come out and have a have a and it ain't well, too I, late to join. I, I, you right. Know, you I can mean, still join it all throughout the year and it's your points whatever your points have it places you in the Right in it. But it's it's just kind of fun just to get out there and you just pick guys out of the five brackets and yeah, you might pick five good ones and you might just flop on your face. You just never know and there's there's all kinds of like pointers that they give you on fantasy fishing they have some like guys that come in and say yeah maybe pick this guy this guy's you know does well on this type of a system and and sometimes sometimes just go with your gut that's what i usually do like it always seems i was telling Stu and uh ramsey this the other day it's like sometimes like i'll set my lineup and i'll leave it i don't go back and change it because there's been too many times where i went back and changed it and the guy that i picked originally did really well and the guy that I put in their place bombed. Yeah. So I originally had Rick Clun, and uh, you know, obviously Rick Clun won this exact tournament last year. He won this exact tournament back in 2016. So I mean, I'm thinking Clun's got him. You know, I mean, Clun is on some right. spot, whatever. And uh, I ended up switching to John Cox, which I don't know who ended up doing better, John Cox or Clun, but neither of them had a good tournament. So. Thank God, because I literally switched at the very last. Right. You know, whatever. It's, but it, yeah, you know, I, Zaldane, Chris Zaldane had a terrible tournament. Fighter had a terrible right. tournament. But you talk about how good of a season Zaldane had last year. Right. I right. Mean, he was like on fire. He might have started off the year slow, 
But then the rest of the year, I mean, he was top 10 all the time, it seemed like. Does one bad hiccup, like right now, does that put you, I mean, you can, Zaldane, can Zaldane come back and, and, he can and come compete back. for a AOI? He can, he can, but it, it puts you behind the eight ball right off the bat. I mean, so so instead of like just finishing in the top, you know, getting a top 30, top 20 placing, you got to have some good placings where you're finishing up in the top 10 a few times and maybe right. winning a couple it's kind of interesting. I've been watching some YouTube videos too lately about uh, some of these guys that are trying to qualify for next year's Bass Elite yep, Series. Yep. The sickness is, I think, is who it is. It's Joe Willert, and um, I can't think of the other name. I think Sam Sobey Sobe was with them. Yeah, yeah yep. I think he travels with them. He's their partner, but he is also, I think, doing like the editing of the. Right, I right. think he's doing a lot of the filming for this thing on YouTube, and it's really cool. But it was like interesting. They had their first Bass Open. Let, a couple weeks ago down in Florida too and went through with these guys and they were talking about how going into the season, you know, if we can get in like the top 30 and all this stuff. And the one had a finished to like 70th and the other one was in the lower one hundreds. And he was talking about like, well, you know, there goes my chance. It might just be done. There goes my chances in the Eastern opens. So it's just like, you know, yeah, one bad tournament can, put you behind the eight ball but you still got to keep battling the cool thing with the opens this year i they were talking about it on a video is like they have just the the eastern and the central opens but if you fish all of all, them all eight yeah all eight you can still qualify through that right so i mean it still gives some guys an incentive to keep fishing all of them but like yeah there it's like you bomb the first eastern open do you just say the heck with the eastern opens this year and just concentrate and hope on the central opens or yeah i don't think you want to do that because because you can uh you know i mean they're going to take the top four from the central the top four from the eastern and then the top four that fished all of them that didn't qualify the other way so i think you know you got to continue to to keep doing it but yeah i mean this is not a year that you want to qualify for the elite series no there's a lot of there's a lot of guys trying to get back into the Yep. back into the elite or you know especially with the flw being no more well i guess they are but you know yeah there's a lot of those guys that are trying to get into right scott martin and brian latimer and and there's, all these yeah. i mean top-notch and, dudes yeah so yeah it's it's gonna be hard and one bad tournament everybody's gonna have a bad tournament right i mean you're not gonna go out there and win every one and they all know i mean that's never happened so and it probably will never happen but you just got to battle and get up there for quality points yep all right matt so uh you know we're we're halfway through february we're looking close to march at what point in time do you start thinking about starting to do some stuff on the boat get the boat ready or or is your boat ready to rock and roll if if we'd have open water tomorrow you can go no (laughs) i wouldn't no i'm not that organized no prepared um I started thinking about it, you know, you start getting those warm days and you start thinking a little bit about this and a little bit about that, but, um, definitely like going into some of the tackle stores now and seeing what they have for deals, Yep. yep. you know, buying, buying it now before they take the clearance stickers off to it, off of it and put it back to full price. Right. But I started, I mean, I started thinking about it. I start, you know start you know the other day i caught myself you know thinking about this area of the map of the lake starting to look at some lake maps and stuff like that and be like you know this kind of sets up for this you know trying to find areas to 
yep. that I want to try for open water. You know, I, I've got to say, like, over the last five, six, seven years, I mean, I've pretty much been an ice fisherman, uh, you know, that that open water fishes to, to pass time until ice fishing comes around again. I'm ready for open water. Right. Like, I mean, I, I hate to say this, I mean, because I don't want to wish away ice because probably four weeks after open water, I'll wish, you know, <laughs> that I was ice fishing again. But I don't know, with last year, with us doing these bass tournaments and whatnot, like, I've really kind of got the itch to get back out there and do some. I mean, I've basically switched over. You know, I was watching a lot of ice fishing videos yep. on YouTube all the time. And I've kind of switched over to start watching open water fishing videos now. You know, last year's open water fishing videos. I've watched all the, the Bassmaster, uh, you know, TV shows from last year. And right. Like, I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. It just makes you appreciate what we get to do up here, that we do get open, we get opportunities for both. We get the op- open water stuff. And towards the end of the open water season, we're always kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. We've done this for a few months now. You know, I am kind of looking forward to ice season. And then ice season gets here, and you fish ice season for a few months, and you're just like, you know what, okay, I'm I'm ready for the open water and right. to make some casts and stuff like that. And I think that's what makes us appreciate both of them so much. Yep, yep. You know, like when we get to do them, we do them because we appreciate them. I guess, I don't know. It's I, I'm relating it to what's been going on this weekend. Have you watched any of the XFL football games? No, I I, I didn't, and I, I wanted to. Okay, but. well, I'm going to say this much. I think I'll relate it with football. That's what makes football so special. It's a short season. It's like, you know, like in the fall, it's football season. It leads up to the Super Bowl, and you're kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of over football now. It's like I'm, I'm ready to move on to something else for a while. And now all of a sudden they throw the XFL out there, and it's just kind of like watching bad football. Is it? Oh, it, it's it ain't not, good? There's some cool rules that are different than the NFL, and like they're interviewing guys right on the sidelines after things happen out on the field or coaches like during it. Uh, the instant replay is cool because they go into the booth with the replay people and you hear them talking to the referee. Okay, yep, this is what we got. This is doing. So that's cool. But the football out on the field, I'm sorry. People might like it, but it's just like, no, nah, if I can't watch the best do it, I don't. You know, college football makes is way better than this XFL Really? Stuff. It's just like I don't know. It's just better football than what that than what Ramsey plays. I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted to make a post that said, "You know, Dusty, sorry about making fun of you with your football stuff." I've watched the XFL this weekend, so it's just I understand these guys are still trying to live their football dream and everything like that. But it was just, uh, yeah, no good. So so. What's the over under? How many how many years is this XFL gonna years? Uh, if I don't know, years is it gonna survive the season? I don't know. It's really that they bad. had a lot of people in the crowd. I mean, they're hyping it up. I mean, they got like Jerry Glanville as a coach, like a defensive coordinator for one of the teams. Bob Stoops, I think, is actually yeah, one of I the head coaches that. for yeah. a team. It's just like there's got to be better options out there for Bob Stoops than than this. I mean. You see some guys like Cardell Jones was yeah he was yeah. a quarterback for one of the teams yesterday Ohio State's old quarterback right so you see some of these guys but it's just like yeah I can see why you're playing this league and not the NFL anymore so really? yeah you know but back to the fishing stuff I think that's why you know I don't need to, I I need some time off from football right now to make okay. me appreciate it and makes you look forward to it and I think that's the way it is with this with the open water and ice fishing and. You know, some guys are diehard ice heads. You know, they just want, they'd rather have ice up till, 
May, June even if they really want. But uh, yeah, I think the majority of us are kind of ready. You know, we're going to enjoy the last few months of ice fishing and then look forward to next year's. But, you know, you also look forward to that open water yep. part of it. I think most people this time of year, the reason that you kind of start looking forward to open water fishing is because a lot of times you're going out there and it is, it's cold and if you're going to be out there like the negatives and right, we're that right. part of the season where it is you know you're like you said you're drilling through a lot of ice so being able to run and gun isn't as fun anymore like yep like early season early ice when there's a foot less ice i mean you can go out there you can pop holes there's not a lot of snow on you can walk around you can really get going now this time of year there's a lot of snow on the lakes especially up north it makes mobility a lot tougher um, if you have a wheelhouse, then it's not so bad right? where you can like spend like the night out on the lake. But then as late ice gets here, the ice starts to get a little thinner. You can get back to fishing outside and yep. being nice out and you can really kind of jump around and yep. you're not just limited to just being in the house the whole time. And I don't know, that's my, my feelings on that, it. I mean, that right there is Matt Deitch's take on it. That's just my stamp on it. So you don't have to agree with me and most people don't no i don't think anyone's gonna have to tell you the truth i know i think i just talked to myself for about 10 minutes there so well hey that's all right that's all right <laughs> no i i had actually texted you the other day you know i i bought matt's old boat here uh last year and uh be honest i never even got it out and uh so i i kind of started thinking not not really about selling it but i did a little uh i, I was screwing around online one day and uh Bassmaster has come out with a kayak series. Yeah, I saw that. And they're going to be at Lacrosse this year. Yep. And so I'm like, well, hey, I mean, let's be honest with my bankroll. I'm a few years out from buying a boat, a, a bass boat. So I'm like, well, maybe this is what I want to do. So I, I've really been doing a lot of research into kayaks or whatever. And I think I've figured out what kind of kayak I want. So I'm thinking, you know, once spring comes around, I'm going to sell this boat, turn around, put that money into a kayak. And I'm going to go and try to do this Bassmaster kayak series over in Lacrosse, I think. And then I was watching some stuff over at Lacrosse, and there's snakes out in the water. They they end up doing they end up doing uh, some tournaments like down in Florida out of these kayaks right with alligators and water moccasins and all sorts of stuff like that like so I don't know if I'm gonna really do this ah come on you got to do it you can do it would you get into a kayak in alligator water no I'm not I'm not a big kayak guy you are though. You've done a lot of kayak fishing and stuff like that. It is. It's fun. And and this kayak that I'm looking at is an Old Town Predator PDL. So it's a pedal kind. Yep. They're actually allowing trolling motors on kayaks for all these Bassmaster tournaments. Are so, they? so you can have a motor. Really? It, it's got to be hmm. small. I think they. I think it's got to be like under a, a hundred hundred pounds or something. Oh, really? like, I mean, that's a big trolling. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, you could scoot fast. Oh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and I mean, like the KBF has, you know, that's, that's kind of the biggest kayak, uh, bass tournaments right now. They're allowing, uh, the motors to, and I mean, there's really getting to be a lot of options for these kayak tournaments. And I think that's strictly because people can't afford to buy these, you know, yeah, it's even, ridiculous even a $20,000 boat, right. you know, 
but these kayaks they don't give them away neither no they i mean the you're, more options they're starting to get on them i mean they're getting up there in price right you're gonna blow three th- three grand on, oh, on and you know like some of them hobies are six seven thousand dollars right. and they're decked out full electronics and everything but and but the cool thing is that you don't need all that stuff just to right right be able to do it like you know i kind of think of me and you with our bass fishing right how often do we even use electronics well to find spots and everything like that but like you know people people that would just drive around and like use their electronics and look and say oh there's no fish here and then keep going i guess we don't do that i just look for structure more and then fish the structure and you know but you know let like, the fish tell us what's up right you know like flipping docks and whatnot well, yeah. i mean like you know no one's using any electronics for that I'm, but, i mean we weren't uh but well, like, when you get up to these like more expensive things like the new hummingbird 360 imaging and all that stuff i mean you, you know the pan optics the live scope all that i can see where people use that and utilize that a lot right well we'll see here in the but next, it, but it's it's just fun to be able to go out there and yeah right compete against there i think we were talking about this this last week in Bastard, an article with john cox and it's cool to see his take on all that stuff i mean he's running an 18 and a half foot aluminum boat this year right and he did last year too arguably the best bass fisherman in the world right <laughs> and he's running that a crest liner and he's he does a, a very minimalistic approach to it I mean, he he talks about how he has he just has one depth finder up front and one at the council, but he hardly ever uses the sonar part of it. He uses more of the mapping part of it, right, to find things. And just his like going in there to his waypoints. Whenever he makes the waypoints, he likes the touch screen of the Lorance because he doesn't just put a waypoint in there. He types out like what it was and why it was there, so that way he's going down and. If he's traveling down, he's like, well, I caught one at this waypoint, and this is what it said there. So then he starts looking at his other waypoints to see what matches up, and then he goes and fishes those. And Right. He has a 200-horse motor on there compared to a 250, like most of those guys. He doesn't yep. – I mean, he got thrown out of the boat, him and a co-angler, a couple years ago. Did they really? In a tournament. Oof, yeah, Bass did an article on it, and it's a really good article. Talk about It talks about how he, he doesn't care about speed. Like he, his boat goes sixty miles per hour, and that's plenty fast for him. Yep. He said after that incident, he said it was dangerous how fast he was going, and he's lucky that nobody was killed and severely hurt or anything like that. So he doesn't need it. In sixty miles per hour is plenty fast for him. It's kind of it's kind of cool. It's kind of refreshing because I think a lot of times in our heads we always get in this thing like we can't compete. You know, we tell ourselves we can't compete in this because these guys have twenty. 21 foot bass boats with 250s on them how are we going to compete against those guys they got all these sonars they got all the bells and whistles you know it's kind of like that meme that goes around on facebook that says you know sixty thousand dollar truck seventy thousand dollar boat fishing for 150 dollars at the club tournament this weekend it's (laughs) like it it really is true i mean it's just like you get that kind of in your head but in all reality you just got to go out there and you just you got to fish so right so yeah, but back to the kayak thing, I definitely think it's something that you should really should pursue. And well, I think I'm going to. I, is, I, I think I'm going is to. Is there like does bass have like length limit? Did it like for kayaks? Does it say what kayaks so. you have to? I I don't think so. The one that I'm looking at is a thirteen footer. I, or yeah, thirteen footer. I think which 
The only bad, the only downfall to that is I think in Iowa, after 13 feet, I have to license it. it. But I did go and look, and I think it's only like $21 right. a year for the first year. And then after that, it's like 12 or something. Yeah. So I, I can do that. And, uh, you know, I, I can throw it in the back of my pickup. I figure I'll make some sort of rack, you know, for the yep. back of my pickup. Maybe even put like a ladder rack on top Sweet. of it and be badass. Pimp it out that oh truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kayla better watch out because <laughs> people are going to be after me if I got a ladder rack on my pickup. They'd nope. be like, does God start his own construction company now? Or yeah, like, everyone knows the rumors. Him. The rumors will start flying around. Yeah, I'm afraid of heights, so yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting up on no stinking ladder. The the you know obviously uh, we're we're a ways into this podcast now. You realize that we did not have a guest. It was kind of a tough week. I had two firefighter classes this week, and and Matt, you know, he coaches basketball, and and I mean, it definitely it, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault with these uh, two uh two classes this week but yeah the the week just kind of passed us by but man we had a uh we had to go climb on top of the fire station with these ladders oh yeah how'd that go for you <laughs> well i got up there i got up there and i'm good i'm good i'm standing up on top and i'm kind of looking around and it's like oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> <laughs> i yelled down at the instructor i'm like hey man i got up here once but i ain't getting up here twice <laughs> like, that's the end of that and, and he was really good about it he's like hey man you did it once and then we got a leg lock on ladders and and uh so what you do is you stick your leg like through the rung of the ladder and then back through the rung below it okay. and and you kind of lock yourself in there so i mean even if you'd get drilled you're just going to lay over backwards and your leg is going to be stuck in there i don't i i I don't know thinking about it i think it's not a good idea but did anybody record this no no why not next time you guys are doing some of this training i think just for just for purposes of going be for you guys to be able to go back and look at it and reevaluate your film your how you did on film just let me know i'll come down and record all that stuff for you good idea i got these big clod (laughs) hopper boots I tell you what, it is not easy to put your put your leg through a rung of a ladder and then back through. Oh, I, mean, I bet. I mean, I've got one dude that's in class with me. He's got to be like 6'4", 250, 260. I'm, kid's jacked out of his mind. He's huge. But it's like, God dang it, how the heck is he going to leg lock? And they're these, these shorter people, you know, they just throw their leg through. They're no big deal. It's like, eh, well. Right, yeah. It's it, it's it just goes to prove how amazing... Like you see some of those firefighter competitions on. Oh yeah, them guys TV. are good. It's just like it's crazy to see what people can do in their full gear like that because it's a lot of gear you guys put on. Absolutely. Well, you know this. Uh, we're we're a ways into this. We can probably call this episode good, but we've talked about XFL football. We've talked about firefighting. We've talked about uh, big bucks. Big bucks. Uh, a little bit. And, of and we talked about fishing. So you know we got we got our point across. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's probably going to be the end of episode 59 unless you got something, Matt. I really don't. You really don't? Then then I'd say we're done. All right. We'll see you guys next week. With a, We're going to have a guest next week. On episode so, 60. On episode 60, we're going to have a guest. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.